Hi. Hi. I have a puppy who really wants to step on the keyboard right now. Oh, he has documents. He needs to type, Michael. I know. I told you he sometimes closes the laptop on me, right? Yeah. <sighs> he knows when you need to take a break. Michael. Yes. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm I'm no longer living in a block of ice. Right, but your water is repaired from the deep freeze that we had. Yes, the water is repaired. You can poop, you can drink water, you can fill your indoor pool. Uh, yes. <laughs> I recently found out that my neighbor mm-hmm. has an indoor pool. What the fuck? Yeah, I was like, what? Where? Like, where? How? How? When? Why? Yeah, I was very confused um, oh, when I learned yeah. this fact. God, I remember as a kid, the idea of an indoor pool, like going to a hotel and there was an indoor pool there was just like, this is the coolest thing that's ever existed. Yeah, like in our Nerf gun era, that was like top of the line luxury. Yeah, like when I went to Allstate for choir in high school, we stayed at a hotel in Dallas that had an indoor pool and it was just like i couldn't imagine a cooler thing yeah, <laughs> than that experience that was that was it that was it yeah oh the innocence <laughs> the sweet innocence of the chlorine of an indoor pool <laughs> i would love that if like that was just the universal standard of like the good life indoor pool yeah if politicians were like look we all an know indoor pool in every home this is what we all want we just want an indoor oh. pool now I'm just imagining in my head sprang unbidden the image of like an indoor pool, but it's just in your living room and like your normal carpet is around it. Feels like oh. that would have been a thing in the 70s where people were putting carpet in places God oh, totally. never intended carpet to go is like a carpeted pool room. It also fits the 70s like sunken living room vibe. Yes. Like what if the sunken living room was a sunken pool instead? Yeah. It also fits kind of like the like the swinger 70s vibe that right. I feel like. God. At least in my imagination, that's what the 70s were about. Having sex in a pool has never no. appealed Mm-mm. to me. Mm-mm. Zero appeal. I feel like for the most part, it just makes everything more more difficult. It's difficult enough as it is, frankly. I mean, I've never had sex, so I don't have any experience. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But I'm not for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How else am I? There's got to be something. There is something. Oh, I got glasses. Oh, new glasses? Yes. I found out for all the people out there who also have like a job at a company, I had a lot of money in my FSA account that I needed okay. to spend. That's a tax advantage savings account you use to... A fucking silly account. It's totally a gamified, like, fake money, but it's actually your real money account yeah. that you can only use to buy, like, health shit. And, right. And what's fun about it is uh, after the end of the year, it expires and disappears. <laughs> what a treat. I know. It's, like, real fun, real fun. So you're like, I gotta, go, I gotta get some health. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened to now. me. I was unaware that my what's the thing when a parent's salary is taken away to like for a divorced kid? Garnish. Yeah, yes, my wages were being garnished. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. There are a lot of reasons your wages can be garnished, not just that. I just love that expression. My wages are garnished. I really want to put some parsley on my wages. <laughs> 
Yeah, they need something to zhuzh them up a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, make it a little bit more appetizing. My wages yeah. were being garnished, people, and then into an account that I could only use to buy fucking medical shit. So I had to go out right. and spend like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on glasses, which I needed, but it, was, right. it ended up but being still. Fun. I got a cute like pink frame and a cute green Ooh. frame. I'm very excited. That sounds about great. Wow, well, Ace is, is really upset that I'm not paying attention to him right now. He's like circling the chair and standing on his hind legs dancing. Oh, well. I know. What are you doing, my child? Don't lick the headphone wire, please. How are you, Hava? Baruch Hashem. I'm well. The sun's shining. The corgi is gazing at me longingly. I've been Animal Crossing again. Oh, no. No. You, you can't just... You're backsliding. <laughs> it's not backsliding because Animal Crossing is wonderful. Michael, the fact that you are a curmudgeonly bitch who hates fun. No, that's not true. I'm just concerned for your Animal Crossing characters because they're starting to realize they live in a simulation. <laughs> and they well, keep no, on I've getting... reset it, so they've been yeeted into the void. Oh, my God. You're going to create like a Neo-esque... <laughs> The number of times, like, I'm scared. Uh, I can't wait for my Animal Crossing villagers to awaken from the main tracks and destroy the world. Oh, my God. I, for one, welcome our new Animal Crossing overlords. I think what will happen is you'll just be playing and, like, the device will just explode in your hands and you won't have an Great. explanation. You'll just be like, oh, I'll okay. accept it. I'll know that that was the moment. Tell me about Animal Crossing. Uh, it's just been cute and entertaining. There's a streamer that started a trend of Animal Crossing, quote, hard mode, which is like restricts where you can sell certain things, restic restricts time traveling. It's just a series of rules essentially to force you to slow the game down. So I've been following that methodology. So I've been playing like a new, very slow round of animal crossing i can like only sell the fish to cj i can only sell the bugs to flick I can only sell the weeds to leaf i like haven't been terraforming haven't been time traveling so it's been like a very different animal crossing experience okay well i'm glad you're having fun yeah it's been great other than that you know just been vibing just been just been chilling it was cold and then it was warm yeah i don't know i'm really excited about the talma that i brought today oh i am just feeling a, a cozy, cozy podcast vibe. Okay, good. I feel cozy. I'm wearing a hoodie. I feel extra cozy. Great. Okay. So what I've brought for our mini Talmud nugget today is uh, all these sources from a really cool source sheet I found by someone named Ozzy Burnham on Safari called Is Your Fi My Fi? Is Wi-Fi Crashing Kosher? What? Yeah. So... Here's the opening question. Is stealing someone's Wi-Fi halakhically acceptable, Michael? Your thoughts. Oh. Is it even stealing is, is like really the fundamental question. <sighs> Are we talking about in uh, in the... Yeah, well, you know, Wi-Fi... Well, should... think about halakha and think about ethics also. Think about, you know, all the dimensions. Well, I, I would say it depends on who you're stealing it from. <laughs> oh, right. If you're stealing Jeff Bezos' Wi-Fi... That's not even enough. You need to be using it to hack into his super yacht and crash it. Yeah, something like that. But, you know, crash it in a way that doesn't hurt anyone. Physically. Right, right. Crash it in like a controlled environment. A controlled burn. Uh, yes. Okay, well, let's start off with our first source. So on Bava Metzia 43b, uh -huh. we read, Amarava, one who borrows without the knowledge of the owner, according to the rabbis, is like a robber. So 
First point, first turn in our ethical coil. Rava says, if you borrow without knowledge of that person, you're like a robber. So if you take someone's Wi-Fi, you're borrowing it without their knowledge, you're like a robber. That's ethics Ethics step one. When you said when you take someone's Wi-Fi, I, th- I almost thought you were going to say when you take someone's wife. When you, when you wife swap, when you do unethical non-monogamy, <laughs> you're like a robber. So then we read, I'm going to go all over the place because I'm, I'm using this source sheet and just taking us on a journey through it. So we read on Teshuvot Maharil, which is the commentary of this later halachic commentator, one who borrows without permission is called a thief. This means that he takes on the halachic status of a thief in that he's now responsible for anything that happens to that item. But this does not mean he violates the prohibition of do not steal. Rather, it is entirely permitted to do so, so long as he intends to take full responsibility for the item. So turn two, we're splitting our ethical ideas into the idea that there's one prohibition, don't Mm. steal. And then there's the level of halachic responsibility that a thief has for something they stole. That is cool. So if you borrow something without someone's permission, you're, according to the Maharil, halachically equivalent to a thief in terms of responsibility, but you're not a thief in terms of sinning. What's interesting about this is they're redefining the word thief, that there's now this new technical definition of thief, which is just... Someone who has someone's property that the other person isn't aware of. So you can be a thief and there's no, like, ethical judgment associated with it. Right. I mean, that's one of the most classic halachic maneuvers is to say, oh, when they said thief, they're using thief in a technical sense completely different than the way you and I are using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a thing that happens in the English language all the time, too, but it's especially happening here. I like that. It's like, oh, you know, I like took my mom's sweater to go to the dance. I'm a thief. Right, but it's fine. It's fine. But like in a cool way. Yeah, so this I, th- I take basically to mean like if you borrow someone's Wi-Fi and then someone's able to like, hack into their shit because of it that's your problem you have to make restitution on whatever damages are incurred yeah that makes sense however we continue to receive further and further commentaries thank god so we learn in this commentary the magid mishnah who's commenting on maimonides mishnah torah Magid Mishnah was written in in 14th century spain we learn it is only forbidden to borrow or take a significant amount of something that at least some people would care about. However, taking a twig from a fence or a bundle to use as a toothpick is permitted, as it is something no one would mind losing. But nevertheless, Talmud Yerushalmi says that it is a positive trait to avoid taking such things. So Magid Mishnah comes to tell us it's okay to borrow things without asking only if they couldn't reasonably be missed. However, Talmud Yerushalmi says it's a positive ethical value, a, a midah, a virtue, to avoid doing things like that. So now my question back to you is, is sparring someone's Wi-Fi missable or not missable? Are you like, are you like gaming on their Wi-Fi? You know, that's, right. that's what it is. Right. So it depends how you use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This reminds me a lot of the laws of when you can take fruit from people's trees. I was also thinking about a law you brought previously on our water law episode about taking water from towns upstream or downstream or whatever. And like 
I imagine there could be a version of that in which it's like kind of depends on how much water you take, you know, a cup of water versus the full output of a river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's interesting. There's all sorts of laws about other people's property that they quote unquote own and what and when and how you can actually just take take it like fruit on trees, water. There seems to be some sort of social convention that the rabbis or probably many social conventions over hundreds of years that the rabbis are trying to codify. It's just interesting in comparison to, I don't know, how a lot of people in the U.S. conceive of ownership, like the kind of insane libertarian-style ownership. It's very different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like those interesting types of ownership. Definitely the last law that you read makes me think that Wi-Fi is very similar to a twig from a tree or like a fruit that has fallen to the ground, you know, something, or I can't even think of specific examples, but they're all over the place. It makes me feel much better about stealing Wi-Fi weirdly to hear about that. There's two more things to continue to complicate our understanding of Wi-Fi, quote, theft. One is that the tour, the Arba Turim, which is a commentary all its own by Rabbi Jacob and Asher, writes that one who borrows without permission is called a thief, and this means that the prohibited act includes the biblical prohibition of stealing. So the Torah contradicts the Mahavil from earlier. The Torah says it's not only that they take permission, but they do actually sin by crossing over the commandment to not steal. And then our final source, and this is about a different kind of property law, but feels relevant, is from Pesachim 26a. Rav Papa said, sound and sight are not subject to the prohibition of misuse of consecrated property because they have no substance. So now we have sort of a chain of logic gates. Does Wi-Fi not fall into any of these qualities because it has no substance? Two, when you borrow Wi-Fi without asking, are you a thief? Mm-hmm. Three, when you borrow Wi-Fi without asking, is it noticeable? And four, if you are a thief, are you a thief to Oraita at a Torah level? Or are you just a thief in terms of responsibility for stolen items? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Who brought this? Who, who's source uh, This sheet source this? sheet was created by Ozzy Burnham. As part of my researching, Like I was like, how am I going to find something fun for this Talmud nugget? And then I realized that Safaria just like puts source sheets as they're created up in chronological order. So you can sort of just see a random array of source sheets people oh, have cool. been uploading. And I just picked this one because it looked interesting. So I guess I would land on the side of... It is thievery in the sense of material responsibility. It is noticeable if I use it to a noticeable amount, and I would be responsible for damages incurred while I use it. The thing about the lack of substance to me is that I think Wi-Fi actually does have more substance than sound or sight. Like, not in terms of being made of matter, but in terms of its sort of ability to be impacted and and manipulated i have two arguments for you that i think will convince you even further that wi-fi is substance we're all about we're all just a giant energy wave right (laughs) right so if we're substances say say that again i said checkmate atheists checkmate (laughs) yeah we're just sure we're just declaring that this is the truth yeah but if we're that well wi-fi certainly is that 
Right. So we're all. But now you're elevating Wi-Fi to the level of stealing like anything else up to and including another person. No, no, I'm not elevating. I'm just saying that Wi-Fi exists. Right. You're saying all the more so Wi-Fi. All the more so Wi-Fi. I think that's what I'm saying. And the other thing I was imagining, well, by this rule, okay, electromagnetic stuff doesn't exist. So does that mean that when you're electrocuted and you die, how, right, how that would doesn't this, count. That what, this, what killed you, according to the rabbi, you know, when right. lightning strikes you? The rabbi probably thinks that lightning I bet the exists. rabbis have discussion of what happens when lightning strikes someone. Surely. That's something to think about for future nuggets. That feels like a nugget topic. That is kind of an interesting idea. But I think Wi-Fi is like lightning. Um, right. What right. am I saying? You know, Wi-Fi exists. No, I'm with it. I'm with it. Anyway, that's our nugget for this week. That's great. If you don't already know, if you're a new listener to the show, we're recording extra short episodes because in the background, we are researching and developing a long-form, hard-hitting investigative series about Temple OS. You can go back and listen to our reveal episode. Sometime this month, we're going to make a patron episode with behind the scenes info for all our patrons. So if you want to get that, you can join us at patreon.com. Hi, how are you? Thank you to each and every one of you for enjoying this tasty nug. And we will talk to you soon. Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov.